Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It's about 4.30 in the morning. We got snow geese in the river. It's amazing. And I am working through my morning quiet time, and I thought I would just share a few thoughts with you um, this morning that I've had uh, out of First Corinthians chapter 2 and Romans chapter 8 and these three fancy French words that I've been running into lately. Um, don't forget the prayer wall, okay? WLE1MD.com slash prayer. There's some uh, powerful and moving things happening out there. And, and one thing that can happen to you in life is if you're dealing with frustrating or hard things is you can sort of forget that it's not all about you, right? That, that you, you can feel isolated and that you're being singled out for having a hard time. But when you get out on the prayer wall or when you just look around in your life, you, you'll see that lots of other people are dealing with hard things too. And that's not to minimize what you're going through, but it's to make you understand that pain and hardship are ordinary parts of life. And the thing that you're going through is extraordinary, but you're not alone in it. Everybody else is feeling something too. And that's why it's so important that we understand the two things, the sort of quantum physics duality that Jesus told us about. In John 10, 10, he said, I came to give you life that you might have it abundantly. And in John 16, 33, he said, this, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So, so we got a, a hard life and an abundant life that can coexist at the same time. Right, And that's just like in quantum physics where we learn it's a true thing that an electron can be in two places at the same time. That sounds impossible, but in the quantum realm it is possible. And the same God that made that stuff and that quantum physics and all the math that goes along with it is the reason you have common things like televisions and computers, but it's also the reason you have nuclear power and space travel and all these things that that, that little bitty complicated microscopic stuff that God created allows us to have realities in life that are that seemed impossible a hundred years ago right if you talked about cell phones and and uh, internet instant communication a hundred years ago you would have thought somebody was crazy right but the fact is that's the kind of God we have he's a quantum God and so when I tell you that you can have an abundant life in the midst of a hard life it sounds impossible, but it's actually true because that's the type of God that we have. So in the, my, my contemplations this morning, I've been bumping into these three French words and, and I was writing a book about hope and I was um, doing all kinds of research and reading other writers and, and learning more and more and more about the Christian basis for rational hope, which is really all about the resurrection and, and that has a whole host of connotations that we'll talk about another time, but Basically, there's three words that I run across. One is I'm not a I'm not 
trained in French, so please don't write in and tell me I'm mispronouncing these words, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, contretemps, rapprochement, and denouement. Okay, these are three words. Contretemps basically is the the little irritants that come along through life, minor disputes or disagreements, unexpected, unfortunate occurrences, these little little things. Um, there's a form of, of torture the Chinese talked about called Ling Chi. It was a death by a thousand cuts. It was not one single big wound, but just a thousand little irritating cuts. And over time, the, the person would bleed to death because of just all these little cuts that added up. And that's sort of a, a big version of what Contratant is getting at, which is just life can just bring you these unfortunate, irritating things that come along. It's not the massive things that I write about in my book. The, the massive thing that comes along, you lose a son, your wife gets cancer, you, your dad goes to jail, you, so, something terrible happens in your life. Pandemic wipes out your business, you, know, you, get, you get sick, something happens. That, that's a massive thing. And those things are hard and they make you grieve and they make you suffer and you start to think that you can't survive, Right? Well, contretemps is not that. It's in the midst of this hard life and in the midst of this abundant life. You have these constant little things that come along, the irritants, the unexpected disappointments and unfortunate little things, and it starts to feel like it's adding up. Contretemps are those little things, okay, those little unexpected things. Denouement is a term that is used of playwrights and, and people who, who um, expect a story to wrap up and come together at the end. So when you're, when you're writing a play, your audience wants it all to be handed to them in a, in a tidy fashion at the end. You want the murder solved. You want the lovers to come together. You want the, the kid to come home. You, you want the situation to resolve, and you want to understand all the things that happen so that you can leave the playhouse, you can leave the theater, um, having a story that was wrapped up tight for you in a bow. And that's that's the, the term denouement, that this idea that at the end of the story, all the moving parts come together and everything works out just right, right? That's denouement. Unfortunately, in life, we don't usually get denouement. I talk about this a little bit in my new book. We don't usually get that. We, we get a situation. In our, in, our, in our family, for example, it's Mitch. We don't, we don't know what happened to our son. We don't know. He died, was stabbed. Another boy died that night. Um, there was multiple weapons. There was lots of blood. And I hate to talk about that here, but the fact is that the police had a version of the story, and we, have, we don't know. Nobody will ever know what really happened, right? And so we don't get Daniel Monk. We don't get to say, okay, this is exactly what happened. A car wreck, this thing, this thing or that thing occurred. We, we, don't, we just won't ever get to know, and that's hard. We don't like it in life when we're given a situation that we can't understand, and it feels like God is saying, you're just going to have to accept that this occurred, and I can't tell you more than that about it. You're just going to have to live with it, right? Why did my dad get brain cancer? Why My dad didn't get brain cancer. I'm saying, why did these things occur in life, right? Why did you get that biopsy result? Why did this occur? Why did you go bankrupt? Why won't your son stop using drugs? Why, God, why? And we don't get it. It's not that we get to some point in life and everything comes together and we understand everything and all of that. We don't get denouement most of the time in life. And the last one is a word, rapprochement. Rapprochement basically means um, how you you can find a way to restore relationships with somebody, to, to work out a problem and have it come back to be harmonious and everything be okay again, to kind of be able to carry on. It's used sometimes in diplomacy terms where two countries are fighting and then they work it out and they all of a sudden they're, they're back together and they're able to work forward again and they have rapprochement. 
or people get together and they solve a problem. They're able to restore kind of a normal relationship again. Married couples have been fighting and they work it out. That's where approach one, the idea that, that you've had a conflict and now you've sorted it out and, and you're able to, to tolerate the things that occurred and you're able to work and solve them and settle them, maybe just come to agreement and compromise and now you're able to go on and have a normal, kind of new normal relationship again. That's where approach one. Now, why am I talking about these three words? Here it is. I went to Oak Hills Church for a, a while in San Antonio. That's where I met Lisa. That's where I met Tata and, and Nanny, his wife, Patty. Um, and we, we were worshiping there for a while. I was in the worship band. And, and one Sunday, Max Lucado, who was our pastor at the time, gave a visual aid during his sermon. And he brought out this big fishbowl, this big jar. And he put a bunch of rocks in it. He filled it all the way to the top with these rocks. And he said, how many of you think this jar is completely full? Like there's not room for any more. And everybody raised their hand. Every single person in the auditorium, including me, that that jar was totally full. And we all agreed that there's, there's just no way that jar could hold one more thing. It was full. It was completely packed full of these rocks. Well, then Max pulled out a pitcher of water. And he poured that water into that jar, and it filled it all the way to the top. The, the jar that was completely full, that we all agreed, couldn't have held one more thing, all of a sudden held all of that gallon of water that he poured in there. And it didn't spill a drop. And so the point was, it looked like it was full, but it actually could hold a lot more. There was room for more in that jar, even though we all agreed it was full. Okay, and how in the world are you going to tie this back to these three fancy French words in Romans 8 and 1 Corinthians 2? Let me give it to you. Quantum physics tells us that two things can be true at once. Okay? Two things can be true at the same time. My son could be dead and I can still learn how to be happy again. My, uh, my, I can lose somebody and I can still find a way forward. Right? I can have a massive thing in my life. And God can still say, Lee, you can have an abundant and rich life. You still can. You have hope for the resurrection in the future. Romans 8 said, well, First Corinthians 2, let's talk about that for a second. It talks about spiritual things and how spiritual matters are hard to understand for people that, that don't get it and don't have the mind of Christ. Here it is, First uh, uh, Corinthians 2.10. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Here's why I read you that, friend. We have the mind of Christ. We've been given the ability to understand earthly, hard realities in spiritual terms. We've been given the understanding to know that our life can be completely full of the massive thing. I don't have room for one more hard thing in my life after I've lost my son. I don't. I, I don't have room for joy or happiness or peace or fun or laughter again. I'm, I'm full. We would look at that situation and we would say that jar is completely full of the massive thing. And then God comes along and says, nope, I can pour joy back into your life, friend. 
I can pour peace back in there. I can, I can fill you up with happiness, even though those rocks are still in that jar. And even though you're going to have contretemps come along in your life, you don't think you can handle one more thing, but you're going to have all these little things. You're going to have some more massive things. You're going to have some hardship. You're going to have all these irritants and, and hard times. And, and guess what? It doesn't have to wreck you. It doesn't have to wreck you. You can fail to have Daniel Mon. You, you can have a life and you demand answers from God and you stand there and then you brace yourself and you tell him you, he better settle up with you because you don't understand why things are so hard like Job did. And God can look at you and say, okay, brace yourself. I'm going to give you some questions and see if you can handle them. And he's going to turn the table on you and say, guess what? I can fill you up. You, you can actually tolerate this and find joy and find peace again because this is not the end of the story. Because there's Romans 8. Friend, if you had time today or some other time to spend an hour in Romans 8, you will come away with a new look at what hope is all about. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but here's a, the punchline. Romans 8, uh, starting in 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. When you're so stressed, when you're so wrecked, when you're facing something so big that you don't even know what to pray, the Spirit says, you've got the mind of Christ. I'll pray with you and for you, and I'll make you understand that you can actually get through this. He searches your hearts. He knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for you in accordance with the will of God. And that chapter goes on to talk about hope, to talk about all the different things that trusting Jesus gives you. And here's what it is. If God is for us, who can be against us? Starting in 37, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, or anything else in all creation, friend, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. There's some, there's some pretty big words in there. Listen to it again. Neither death nor life, angels or demons, present or future, any power, height, depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. When the life has filled your jar as full as it can possibly be, and you said, I can't take anything else. I don't have room for one more thing. He says, guess what? Nothing can separate you from my love. I can pour more into your jar and I can fill you up, and you can still find a way forward to that abundant life that I promised you in John 10, 10. I, the thief, he says, comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That's the promise. We have a quantum God. He's not stuck in an either-or mode. It's not you can have happiness or you can have pain. It's you can have both, and you will. And someday, this is why Christians have hope, someday, He's going to set all this right. Someday he's going to take the rocks out of the jar. Someday it's all going to be okay. But we don't have to live a life just waiting for that. He says, I can fill you up and you can find peace and faith and happiness and joy and quality of life again so that you can help other people understand that they're not full yet either. Right? There's going to be massive things. There's going to be contretemps. But you can still find rapprochement. You can still find a way forward back to some harmony with your life so that you can have quality, peace of mind, happiness, and joy, and have an attractiveness to help other people kind of to help yourself adorn the truth that they, that there's a rational basis for hope. Right? 
And that's what it's all about, helping other people see that their jar is not full, that there's still room for peace in life again. There's no denouement. We, we don't get it all wrapped up and tidy, but there's a way to go forward. I'm sorry about these three fancy French words, and I'm sorry if I butchered their pronunciation, but spend a little time in First Corinthians 2 and spend a little time in Romans 8. That's where my head's at this morning. I'm going to spend some time in prayer and worship now, too. I want you to do that as well. I'm praying for you, friend. I love you. I hope that everything's going to go great for you today, but there's going to be some trouble. And when there is, I just don't want you to think that the jar's full because God's got room for more inside of you, and he wants you to start today. Jesus, be near to me. Let me know you are here. How I need you. How I need you to reveal yourself to me. Jesus, unveil your power, and Lord, let me sense your love, how I need you, how I need you to reveal yourself to me.
thunder and storm, or the still of the morning, through wondrous Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.